Welcome to another episode of the Midwest Flyways podcast. I'm your host, Cal Ness, believe it or not. To my left, we have a assistant host, Joey Vasallo, <laughs> and Carter Denai is here running the boards. Uh, hey, everybody. Joey, you feeling all right tonight? Yeah, dude, I feel good. Are That's you good? good? Oh, no, I feel good. Really good. Okay, Carter? Because you seem apprehensive. No, no, not at all. No? Okay. No, I'm... You I'm, seem a little on edge. No, no. Not on edge. Very relaxed. On edge. Yeah. Very relaxed. Carter, not feeling good, actually, though. <laughs> no, not, not great. So, thanks Would for you, being here. Yep. Did you eat some bad salmon, bud? I sure did. You yep. go over to the Applebee's? Nope. The okay. Well, that would make Kitchen sense. of Carter. Kitchen oh, you of, made it. Even worse. Damn. Yeah. Oh, no. You poisoned yourself. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You food poisoned yourself? Yeah, I did that. Damn, bro. My sister-in-law just went to, uh, she sent a Snapchat to our, like, our sibling group, and she goes, uh, pray for me. Desperate times call for desperate measures. She bought sushi from 7-Eleven. Ooh. And I retorted with, you're going to be bowing down to the porcelain gods for yeah. days. Yeah. For days. Could be bad. It could be bad. Raw fish in a 7-Eleven. Think about it. If no. it looks like sushi, it's still raw fish in there. Did you know? Unless it was a California roll, it might be fine. Then that's so fake. I don't even know if that's fish at all. Uh, this week on the podcast, guys, by the way, you can watch the full episodes of these podcasts now on our other channel that we just started, uh, Midwest Flyways Podcast. If you just search Midwest Flyways Podcast, we have a new channel. The full episodes of the podcast will go up every week on that channel. Uh, and that'll allow us to keep the other channel more for the educational content, the cinematic films, some of that type of stuff. So go ahead and check that out. Uh, don't forget to leave us a review. When we get to a thousand reviews, we're going to do a huge giveaway with our Just sponsors. Give away a ton of stuff from our sponsors and from us. So go ahead and leave us a review. We'd really appreciate it. And Instagram message us with any topics you have for Ten Minute Tuesdays or educational videos, something you want to learn about. You just about. want us to talk about on the podcast, you know. Whatever it is on the podcast, in the educational videos, um, we got a ton more content coming out for you guys now. Carter is killing it. We got a good groove going. So appreciate you guys listening in, following along. Carter, let's get some intro music going. This honestly goes so hard every time. Why does this song get me so pumped up? I don't know. It's It's got the goose calling in it. It's solid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you want the if you want this intro song as your ringtone, by the way, um, get a lot of Instagram messages still. And I say it every week on the podcast. You just email midwestflyways at gmail.com and just say you want the ringtone. I'll get it to you. Um, okay, Joey, let's go right into a topic. Uh, I've got a very interesting topic for us this week. Uh, I read a piece of news the other day about one of our favorite places to hunt. What's that? Kansas. What about Kansas? Well, Kansas kind of has a little bit of an issue right now with non-resident waterfall hunters. Okay. So they're not super pumped about how many people are now going to Kansas to hunt and using public land and whatever. Mm. So uh, they are um, they are pre, pre-discussing or going through the motions of... Uh, changing how often non-resident hunters can hunt in, in Kansas. So a lot of other places, what they do if they want to limit how many people are coming there that don't live there to hunt waterfowl is they'll go to a lottery system. <clears throat> lottery system probably has a lot of drawbacks for the state, essentially, I'd say mostly in revenue. Sure. So what Kansas is suggesting they do... Um, well, let me preface it a little bit. So here's a quote from the guy that's kind of running this whole campaign. Um, in a heated debate that is both waterfall and public land dispute, the department is concerned that due to technological advancements along with ample post-pandemic free time. So that's <laughs> interesting. First, non-resident hunters are flocking to Kansas and out-competing resident hunters, all while putting too much pressure on waterfowl. Uh, Bidrowski, Tom Bidrowski, Migratory Game Bird Program Manager the Kansas Wildlife Department. Um, Bidrowski added their goal is to maintain Kansas waterfall hunting heritage by providing quality waterfall habitat and valued hunting experiences. Specifically to assess impacts of waterfall hunting pressure due to increasing non-resident hunters. So what they're proposing is non-resident waterfall hunting in Kansas um, on KDWP department land. Radio station? 
No, it's um, I think it's the <laughs> KDWP. <laughs> if you live in Minnesota, you'll that's funny. Um, so essentially, though, we'll be restricted to hunting Sundays, Mondays, and Tuesdays. Oh, that's not so bad. That's kind of what I thought, dude. That's not so bad. So you can only hunt Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. You can't hunt any other day of the week, but you can still buy a license for the entire year. You can hunt any time of the year. It's not going to be are, a lottery system. It's just you can only hunt Sunday, Monday, Tuesday if you're a non-resident. Well, that's a blow, dude. Think about all the outfitters that are going to be affected by that. But here's the only thing. As far as I understand it, based on this, this is only public property. Oh. So if you have leased ground, private ground, then it doesn't matter. Mm. It's irrelevant. Do you? Did you Why, get that too, Carter? I didn't get that part. No. Okay. I, yeah, I as far as I understand it, they talked further in the article a little bit. Um, this is mostly it's all as far as I understand it, it's only for public lands. So, you have Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Also, plans to request that the Kansas State legisl- legislature amend KSA, which is some wa- waterfall habitat stamp and fees, to establish a non-resident migratory waterfall habitat stamp at a higher fee than a resident stamp. So That's essentially, you're going to pay a little bit more money, and you're also going to only be able to hunt Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. According to me, notes additional considerations that were suggested include a splash limit law. What's that? I didn't look it up. Splash limit? No idea. Decreased bag limits for non-residents, boating restrictions what? for non-residents, limiting the week between Christmas and New Year's, and the last week of the season to resident hunters only. Wow. So, essentially, dude, this is pretty crazy, right? Because a lot of people now, it's going to be pretty difficult, I think, for people that, um, especially people that live in Missouri. Like, a lot of people that live in Missouri, I feel like, hunt Kansas. Mm -hmm. And so, this, like, totally changes their ability to just, like, go and hunt pretty much whenever they want. What what was the splash thing called again? Splash limit. Are you looking it up? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know what that was. Three bird splash limit. This is a three-year pilot program. Mm-hmm. South Dakota and Nebraska this fall at the time of license purchase. You can either shoot six ducks or you can shoot three of whatever duck you want. Okay. Yeah. So that's what a splash limit is. Thank you for clarifying, Joey. But they're discussing that, a bunch of other different things. Um, kind of sucks in a way. But well, also, how do, you, how do you pick Sunday, Monday, Tuesday? I think they did it because the, they wanted to give you one weekend day maybe to hunt, but they don't want you hunting Friday, Saturday. You know what I mean? Like Friday, Saturday is the day that a lot of people would go there to hunt because it's the end of their work week, whatever. And so now they're just basically being like, if you want to hunt here, you better be committed to hunting here because you're coming to hunt, not just because it was like a casual fun weekend where you ran over to Wisconsin. I mean, what what do you think about it? I don't know, man. Like on two sides of it, I guess in my opinion, it's better than a lottery system. And like suddenly we just can't hunt Kansas if you don't draw. So it's better than that. Um, in a way, it's kind of genius for the state because maybe they sell a few less licenses this year, but you can still buy a license for the year. You know what I mean? Like you can still go there and hunt during the year. You just only can hunt Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. So they're still getting, they're not limiting their income to the state in I mean, a way. I mean, they are. Because a little. how many people can take off that many days of work? A little bit. And they're probably going to try to offset that with that habitat stamp. You know, somewhat, but in their minds, if they think they have a problem with too many people hunting there, I guess it's better than a lottery, but it still kind of sucks. I mean, it's just so much regulation and rules and it's becoming oversaturated with that stuff, man. I'm getting sick of it because when you go out of state, man, (laughs) like the amount of rules that you need to like be privy to, it's getting old, you know, and you can't remember them year after year. So you need to like re-up every year and, oh, it's Saturday, sir. You better only be scouting, you know. Oh, you have a gun in your truck? You plan on going hunting this afternoon? Better not. Just like. It's kind of weird, too, because like it's the same thing with like North Dakota with like Canada geese. Mm -hmm. What what is, I don't remember the exact day and time, but I have to look every single year to make sure I know. It's Wednesday or Sunday or something. It's like one of those two, you can't shoot past one o'clock or. Yeah, you can't shoot geese, period, on one of the days. Yeah. And then you can't shoot them after a certain time of the afternoon. So weird, dude. It's dumb. So. Yeah, it's, I, in a way, it's like, is it just an easy way for them to get you to like fuck up and write a ticket? Or do you think that it's, 
do you think it's like some kind of actual science behind like, oh, if we don't, if we don't shoot the bird on Sunday at, after one o'clock, then, you know, they'll stick around and. I what? think if it's early enough in the year, it'll keep them from pushing south faster and it'll keep them in the area. Yeah. You know, but I, I don't know. It just, oh, let's just put more rules on so we can write more tickets. That's what it feels like to me. Yeah. It's kind of weird, man. But like the whole thing with this, right, is like, it's not really a great way for them to write tickets. I mean, people are going to know. Like, you're going to know you can't hunt on Saturday. Yeah, but there will be people who do it. Yeah, but, like, For then sure. you just, to be honest, <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. you just deserve a ticket if you're that guy. I mean, like, if there's well, a maybe whole maybe I like day to hunt on can, Saturdays. Oh, I do, too. You know? No, I do, too. You just can't do it in Kansas. Sorry, <laughs> So man. stupid. So now instead of taking off, like, a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, or a Thursday, Friday, and then you drive back on Sunday, now you have to take off a Friday... Wednesday, Thursday, you know, I think they'll get rest, less revenue because of it. I I think there will also be a lot more hunters then those three days. You're going to have a lot more competition rather than when you could hunt any day during the week. Like out-of-state people could come seven days of the week, but now they can only come three. You're going to run into a lot more hunters and a lot more people hunting the same public land or whatever. Yeah, you're probably going to have more issues with people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I wrote, I wrote for a second question. Do you think this will make those three days that non-residents can hunt a complete dick show? Like, is it just going to be every idiot that wants to hunt Kansas is just going to be there now, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday? Probably just Sunday. Like, don't, if you're going to hunt Kansas now, what's, what, just don't hunt Sunday? Don't hunt Sunday. Then you only have two days to make a trip out of it. Yeah. Yeah, you have a Monday, Tuesday. So it's. Yeah, I mean, again, like I said, I don't believe that this pertains to private land. Okay. You know, because how could they limit that? If they're going to sell you a license, right, for the full season, the only thing they really have control over is the public land. I mean, they can't tell you if you bought a license for the year that you can't hunt on someone's private property, you know? Pretty sure they can tell you whatever yeah, they want. Yeah, I think they can. Yeah. Pretty sure they can tell well, you whatever they want. Well, I'm just saying they'd have, to, they'd have to sell you a license then that would be specific to that. It wouldn't just be like a broad term. And I guess that's what depends on. Are they selling you just like a regular license, but you just can't enter public lands as a non-resident on those days? Or are they selling, selling you a specific license now that says you cannot hunt in the state of Kansas other than Sunday, Monday, Tuesday? I don't know. That was it the sounded, way I understood it. It sounded more to me like this was just based on the Kansas public lands. They talked a lot about all the different like wildlife refuges that they have in Kansas and how those are being affected by people just coming in and being able to access it. It's just public land. Mm -hmm. The other thing is they really don't want to screw over all the outfitters. You know, I mean, this whole reason, the whole thing. You don't know that, but. Well, they talked a lot in this that a lot of this has come from complaints from residents of Kansas having issues with so many guys just driving in and like walking into, you know, some public land refuge and hunting. And I mean, so that's I think, what it's for. I know. I understand that. I'm just yeah. saying that the whole thing of this was brought up, I think, a lot because residents were having a problem. So if so you start telling maybe, residents that are outfitters, well, you just, now you can only have clients three days a week. That would pretty much defeat the entire purpose of pleasing these people. Yeah. I mean, if it's a federal program and we're putting money into it and not everyone can access it, pull some funding from it then. That's my thought. Yeah. They probably need more money now, if I'm being honest. Right, but I mean... Yeah, because, you know, doesn't now make they have me to manage to, us only being there three days a week. Yeah, it doesn't make me want to go hunt public land in Kansas. No. That's for sure. No, it sucks. Right. I know. And then, Carter, can you look up how much federal funding from the DNR or the Department of the Interior goes towards Kansas? I will try, yep. I'm sure I'm it's sure too it's much. A lot. We probably don't want to see it. Well, um, Cheyenne Bottoms is a huge... Cheyenne Bottoms is a huge public land. Yeah. That is accessed by... Hundreds, if not thousands, of people from all over the country. Yeah, a hundred percent. I don't know. I don't really know like what what this ends up doing. I'm sure less people are going to hunt Kansas because less people are going to make a trip to go hunt Kansas. Mm-hmm. That said, I do think a lot of the people that are, well, I don't know. I do think quite a few people get a guide. So if it's not pertaining to public to private land, I know a lot of guys that go to Kansas for public. I do too. I do too. But most of those guys I know are pretty pretty serious like and they they travel other places too to hunt you know they're trying to make all of us that are willing to drive all over the country bro they're trying to make that so we don't do that anymore i really feel like that's it feels like every week we're talking about some kind of new restriction or regulation on out-of-state hunters 
mm-hmm. which is just insane to me, dude. Like, what do you do if you live in a state where duck hunting sucks and eventually we're getting to a place where everything's a lottery and everything is, you know, I don't know. Like, it just, it seems, it seems like a crappy deal in my mind for everyone that wants to travel and go and hunt places. You're just kind of getting screwed. Literally every week there's a new restriction, you know? I mean, if I look up waterfall news weekly, it's just news about like, you know, every state is deciding that people can't hunt there anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. It's getting kind of crazy. It starts starting to feel like Australia around here. Yeah. A little bit. I, I think it's a crazy time to do that too because I saw things saying with COVID, the numbers obviously went up, but within the from this year or the 2021-2022 season, there was like a 3.5% decline in sales for license for waterfowl. So I don't know why they'd bring it up now when the sales are declining. But this is This is the thing I just don't understand every single year. They continue to tell us that we are selling less and less waterfowl stamps. The less people are hunting. <clears throat> Yet we have more and more regulations on all of this hunting. On every place, all the non-resident issues that are coming up. Lotteries, tags, whatever it is. These habitat stamps that we're paying more and more money for. Right? But we have less hunters. Please under- like help me understand how that makes sense. We have less hunters than we've ever had before. We are continually declining in hunter numbers. Yet there's more regulations, more concern about, you know... Different pieces. I don't know. At the end of the day, I'm sure habitat's getting much worse because we continue to develop cities and take away habitat from these animals. But at the same time, like, they they clearly migrate. Like, they find a new place to go. So it's not like they die because, you know, it's not like we're, like, killing tens of thousands of ducks because one cornfield is gone. Mm-hmm. You know? So mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just kind of an interesting thing. Um. <clears throat> This podcast, by the way, is brought to you by First Light. Uh, guys, First Light is a super, super good company that has tons of, I would say, awesome stuff coming out, and they've put a ton of money into all these products. They've been testing them for years. Um, we're super excited this year to test out even more new gear that they have coming out. Rugged wool is a big deal. I want to talk a little bit today, too, about that backpack that you have. I know we've talked about it before, but when you have a, a blind bag that becomes a little bit bigger, you want to have the ability for that bag to be used in different settings, right? So in a blind or in a tree. A lot of the blinds that we, or the bags that we use, I feel like, are just like not conducive to being in a tree super easily because they all open from the top. But this bag, you can open that lid all the way open. It's got compartments in it. So it's super nice. We used it timber hunting this year. Really liked it. So go to firstlight.com. Check out their new waterfowl gear they have coming out. You're going to see a bunch of new products come out later this summer. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, Really quick, Australia is back in the news. (laughs) For duck hunting. Yeah. What did they do? Yeah, no, this is actually getting funny. Like, I'm just going to look for a piece of Australian... Nice. Stuff every week. Um, Australian authorities looking for a man who shot a wood duck with an arrow. You can't hunt ducks except for one part of Australia right now. And I know we talked about that being an issue recently. Found out, by the way, though, uh, penalty for shooting a duck in Australia is a fine starting at $9,000, going up to $44,000 for shooting Whoa. a duck, and up to two years in jail on top of it. So if you shoot a duck in Australia, if they find out who, who shot this wood duck with an arrow, which, by the way, hard to do. Huge revenue okay. stream. Um, but yeah, that's where they made up all the money they lost in hunting license sales. Yeah, no if you shit. shoot a duck, you pay $44,000 for that duck. So um, pretty crazy, but welcome back, Australia. Good work. <laughs> back in the news for duck hunting again. How do they decide how much a duck is worth? Is like a coot nine thousand? They Mallard's probably look at 30, their. 000? They probably look at the, um, the profit loss statement for the month. <laughs> you know, since I mean the government doesn't have one, but they do, and they probably look at that and they're like, you know, thirty grand to be better this month than nine, and then they just they tell them it's thirty. Sure, it's like uh, down in Texas, the state takes half. Half of all child support payments. Yeah. Really? Yep. How crazy is that? So now when people go and get a divorce and they say like, oh, you have to pay child support, 
they're way more incentivized to charge more because then they make more. So it's just kind of like that. That's, That's instantly crazy. what it reminded me of. It's like, wow. <laughs> that blows my mind. Yeah. Half. Not good. Half. 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 So like people are getting all of these like 1700 bucks a month child support payments. It's like, holy shit, dude. Bro, it's worse than that, I feel like. I feel like a lot of guys are paying more than 1700 I'm just even. saying, like... That's insane, though. That's a mortgage. <laughs> Buddy. Yeah. Depending on where you live, I mean, that's two mortgages. Right. Well, thank you for telling everyone what your mortgage is, but... No, I'm saying, have you ever <laughs> seen the price of houses in Arkansas? Humble brag. Yeah. yeah no. They're cheap. Yeah, they're cheap. They're very cheap, yeah. I mean, there's we a lot of, a lot of places in Arkansas you can buy a $60,000 house. Yeah, you got a really good interest rate, and I'm That ain't a $1,700 mortgage. <laughs> no. I'm just saying, man, a lot of places in the country that, where people are listening to this, that's that's a couple mortgage payments, brother. Mm-hmm. Or one truck payment. Totally. Depends mm-hmm. if you're in Louisiana or where you are. Mobile. You know, what kind of truck you got. Mobile, Alabama. Yeah, seen a lot of... A lot of $20,000 trailers and $120,000 Dude, speaking trucks. of Mobile, like I just watched a video of these guys talking about um, the most <clears throat> dangerous cities in America. Yeah. Like with the most gun violence and most murders and all that. And Mobile was like top three. It wasn't Chicago. It wasn't LA. What? It wasn't even Chicago, dude. It was Mobile, Alabama. That's most crazy. Murders. Like most murders. What? No, St. Louis is number one. St. Louis is number one. I'm yeah. pretty sure um, Mobile is like top three. The Lou. Can't spell hustle without the STL, baby. Okay. <laughs> I don't get that. Yeah, you do. Think about it, St. Louis, STL. No, I, I understand the okay. abbreviation, but I don't mm-hmm. understand where the hustle comes in. Can't spell hustle without the STL. Okay. Yeah. I'm not A lot of hustlers it. in St. Louis. Okay. Just saying. Okay. So anyway. That's what I was told. So that was a pretty good topic. Um, the topic that I wanted to talk about was how to hunt metropolitan areas and like how to get permission and how to scout public stuff. So it can be a little challenging because you have to check what city limits are because you can very easily get in trouble, especially if you're in Minnesota in the, like the Western suburbs or the Northern suburbs, like you can, there's a lot of birds there. However, you have to be very careful when you, where you can and cannot hunt. I have so much phlegm. (laughs) What? Mm-hmm. Sick? No. my I've been sneezing for like a week straight. It's my allergies. But, um, no, when I first started getting back into duck hunting, obviously I was hunting around the metro a lot. I wouldn't travel a whole lot. So mm-hmm. I would scout before work or after work, and I would just pick a lake on a map where I thought that I could hunt and go scout it. So I'd get there at sunrise and watch where the ducks are flying and if I'm hunting water. So then if I'm hunting fields, it was a lot harder because a lot of times geese don't get up to feed at certain times of year until later in the day. Right. So you have to do it in the afternoon. But I'd say the best way to hunt metropolitan areas, especially in Minnesota, is to go out and scout lakes in the morning. You can either see them leaving or coming and going. You know? Yeah. Or I just repeated myself. But coming, you can see them coming or going. And in the metro here, we have a lot of birds that have uh, a transition spot. And that's actually my favorite way to hunt birds is they get up, they go sit at the water where all the other birds are, and then they all peace out from there. So you can continue to hunt that day after day after day, and you don't spook them off. Um, But I think that was, like, my best way for hunting in metro areas, doing a lot of scouting getting a lot of permission, and then going out and executing it right. But that's the hardest part. Yeah, I mean, I would say, like you said, your best bet is just to just start picking lakes. And you can see, too, like you can utilize the DNR map. Yeah. Okay? And you can go on whatever you're, well, at least in Minnesota you can. You can go on and you can see there's like WMAs or WPAs. Um, You can see if it's a huntable area. And then the biggest thing, right, is like Joey said, just understanding all the rules and laws. So look it up and understand it. You know, in Minnesota, you have to be 500 feet from every house. Onyx can help with that. Unless you have written permission. Right, unless you have written permission. And then different townships and different cities have different regulations and rules about Ordinances, about shooting, shooting, at what times. Times, all that different stuff. Yeah, you know, public noise complaints. 
I mean, you want to be aware of all the different things that you're dealing with. So go to the DNR website, find a few spots, pick some lakes that you know you can hunt. It, it should be very clear on your map as you're looking through the DNR's map of like what you can and can't actually just go and see if you want to hunt it. And then like Joey said, just pick a few lakes, man. Um, pick a few spots that you know might be kind of in the same area so that if you go to a spot and you just don't see anything for a few, you know, 30 minutes, you sit there and you watch and you just see very little. Then you can just say, okay, I know there's this other lake that I scouted um, on, on the DNR's website that's only 5, 10 minutes from here. So you can go to that spot, right? Check that out. See if there's birds on that. So try to like, I guess one piece of advice for me would just be like pick a spot where you have a few lakes, right? you know, or a few different places that you can hunt. That way you're not driving 30 minutes or whatever it is and then getting there and it's a lake that you never want to hunt. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Have a couple of backup spots you can go scout. Um, Do you have any tips on, like, getting permission in the city? Uh, No. No, like I said in in the live, people are like, teach us how to get permission. We already have that one video on YouTube on, like, how to get permission. Yeah. But, um... One thing that I forgot to mention is if you're hunting around a metro, then there's going to be a lot of subdivisions and ponds that you definitely can't hunt. So if you go and put those birds to bed and you go there in the morning before they leave, then you can follow them to where they're going and eating, transitioning, being social, anything like that. When you're out in the middle of nowhere, it's harder to find that spot. But if you're in the city, you're like, oh, okay. They're literally in my subdivision. There's 400 geese there. I'm going to watch where they go in the morning. You know? Yeah. That's probably the easiest way. Yeah, 100%. I mean, especially, too, like, if you know where the roost is, go to the roost, follow them. You know, go find out where they are going in a certain area. I mean, you're almost better off finding the roost than you are finding the lake they're, you know, feeding on. Mm-hmm. If you can figure out where the roost is, whether you're there at in the morning or at night, you're going to figure out where they're going. Or where they're coming from. Or where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. Coming and going. Coming and going. Holy shit. Thank you. Come again. (laughs) Uh, Let's go ahead and get into just the tip. But first, Joey, do you have a sponsor for us? Yeah, I do, Cal. I do have a sponsor for us. Tell us about it. This sponsor is Migrant Ammunitions. And guys, let me tell you, this ammo is the shit. I love shooting it. I can't tell you how hard it hits birds, especially the 20-gauge 2-4 sack. This stack is different than everyone else's stack. This is the first stack. The original it's, stack. It's the original stack. Right. The patented stack. And let me tell you, it works. So go check out MigraAmmunitions.com. Ditch the duds. Shoot a real stack. Had to say it. Had to. We were, well, it's part of it now. So <laughs> we're going to say it until they put it on a poster. You think so? I think so. Um, I love it, though. Do you have a just a tip? You want me to get into mine? You do it. Okay. Um, okay, this week for just the tip, guys, I wanted to talk about storing decoys. All right, so there's I wrote down three different ways that I think are like hacks or tips that I've seen from different people that mm. are I think are super helpful ways for storing your decoys. First one, thank you. Um, I see a lot of people, especially with like Texas rig Texas rig decoys, that it's just like a string of decoys. Nothing wrong with that at all. Um, one thing that Joey and I did in the beginning, we actually have a video about it on YouTube, but it's super easy and super helpful. I still like to pack that way. If it was me packing for every trip, I'd probably be anal and like put them in these bags, but buy a Canada goose bag, right? So you can get a bag for six Canada geese, full bodies. Um, and usually some of those bags have like zippers on them, right? So those are the super nice bags. Uh, I think we paid like 60 or 80 bucks or something for a few of those bags from Cabela's back in the day. Mm-hmm. Anyway, full body bag, cut the dividers out. Okay. So you take the bag, open it up, cut out. There's like six slots. Just cut that shit out. You don't need it. Right. And then take your Texas rig decoys. I have put 36 of them in one of these bags before, right? It depends on what size of decoys you're using. You know, for you crazy people out there using those big, the magnums, you know, <laughs> probably a little less than 36 going in that bag. I use magnums. Yeah. I don't, I don't believe you. I use magnums. Anyway, that said, <laughs> you can fit a shitload of decoys in this, right? And any, if you're going on a Look trip, at dude, Carter I right know, now. I'm looking at it. <laughs> He's cheesing <laughs> so hard. If you're bringing, if you're bringing more than 72 decoys to hunt with like two or three guys, right? You might want to think, do you need 72 decoys to hunt ducks? Yeah. On, on water? Mm-hmm. You don't. Carter and I did. 
you tried. We lost yeah. all. Lost all of them. Lost yep. them all. Um, <laughs> that said, that's going to come up later. Actually, I'm pumped about that. Uh, but this bag for real guys, cut the things out, put them in. And then I just take all of my ends out on carabiners and just hook them to the zipper or to something on the outside of the bag and just close the bag till that hits those lines. Open the bag up, dude. And you're throwing decoys. It's beautiful. I love it. Who taught you that? <clears throat> well, we kind of came up with it together, didn't we? Did we? Yep. Hmm. Actually, I started doing it first without cutting out the things inside, and then you cut them out. And we started fitting way more decoys in it. But that said, anyway, uh, number two. No love. I love you. It's all right. No, you enhanced it. You enhanced the idea. I made Good it so job. you could hold more than 12. Yes. No, no. I had, I had way more than 12 there. Mm-hmm. Like 24, though. But with Joey's method. 44 is my limit. You've never gotten 44. 100%. You got 44 duck decoys in a Canada Goose floater bag? Yeah. Yeah, Canada Goose floater bag? And all different brands and everything. That's incredible. The only difference is instead of putting them on carabiners, you let them all loose, and then all the Texas rigs hang out, and then you can put them in any which way. I usually just chuck them and then shake them, chuck them, shake them. Yeah, that is you. That's a... That method is good for you. 44, dude. And you can just pull them out one by one. Yeah. They don't get tangled. It's crazy, but that's because we use mushroom weights. Yes. That's the only reason. <laughs> yeah. You know? Definitely. Uh, that said, though, it really does work, so try that. Number two. You're welcome. Um, if a lot of guys go buy an enclosed trailer, okay, for full-body decoys. Yeah. Dude, you don't need a full-body. You don't need an enclosed trailer. It's nice to have, okay? But if you're just looking to transport decoys and you want to do it on the cheap, buy a little 5 by 8 trailer. Oh, buy so a trailer. You, so you do need a trailer. <laughs> But a way cheaper trailer. Okay. Okay. I've been on Facebook. You can definitely find like little little trailers, five by eights or six by tens or whatever, just regular trailers for a few hundred bucks, a couple hundred bucks. A lot cheaper than buying a five, six thousand dollar enclosed trailer. Shit, bro. Have you seen what those things are going for now? Twelve, well, fifteen. Again, we're going budget here, so I'm talking about used. No, I know, but I mean some of these enclosed trailers oh, yeah. are like no. just super flat. It's, ins- it's insane. It's insane. Yeah, the stealth trailers <laughs> blow my mind. Oh, needed all black, black rims. Yeah, no, you know, yeah, you're insane. with the black stripe on the side, and then they've got the white truck with the black. <laughs> Come on, dude. Here's here's my hey, question. Dude. Hey, I don't mean to interrupt you, but this you're needs to be said. I know. Okay. I'm so sorry. Okay, this better be. Why y'all putting so much money into your trailers? The amount of times that I've seen Trevor Bennett blow an axle. Or in a tire, yeah. And the whole wheel well. If you ever blow a tire on a trailer, your wheel well or um, what's that little? The fender. The fender. Yeah. The fender is always oh, gone. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. For always sure. gone. For sure. And now you have like three grand worth of work to do to your trailer. Yeah. After you just spend fifteen yes. grand. Absolutely. So that I am a very strong proponent. Buy the shittiest trailer you can. That works. So if it gets blown up on the road, you're good. You don't have to yeah. worry about it. I mean, I'm going to tell you this too. If you have the money and you want to buy a nice trailer, go ahead. But like, but I'm just going to say, you don't need it. That's the whole purpose of this whole thing I was going at here with this trailer idea. Mm-hmm. Dude, buy a shitty cheap trailer and build walls on it. Yeah. Okay? Build walls on a trailer, dude. You can fill that thing with decoys. Build a door on the back. It's cheap. It's not going to cost you a ton of money, and it will haul the same decoys to the, to the field that the guy with the nice trailer is going to haul. You know, mm-hmm. dude, you're hunting. You're you're hunting birds, right? This isn't a fashion contest, right? I get it, man. You got a bunch of money. You want to look good. Go ahead. I'm not knocking you. <clears throat> Just saying, if you're like, if you could use that money to not haul decoys to a field because you hunt right. ten times a year, don't buy a shitty trailer. Build some walls on it. Do you remember uh, my trailer setup? On the way back, or on the way to North Dakota to hunt with twenty four seven. Oh, buddy, I do. Of course, I remember, dude. It. Twelve by six, dude. Twelve by is... five trailer, open, <laughs> open, is, dude. Put actually... two A frames, two panel blinds. Yeah, God knows how many silhouettes and socks. Yep, and strap them down. And what else did I put in there? That was it. I, dude, I, this is actually very funny. Okay, so we go out, to, we go to hunt with these dudes, and Renard. They come up, right? Most of them had super nice trucks. Oh, all, right? all of them did. Yeah, super nice trucks. And Renard shows up. He's got his big, he's got jacked the, up truck. The lifetime, the, or he um, had the Gunner Kennels trailer with the Gunner him. Trenner. And in the trailer, he's got a big Can Am. 
Okay, so they got like a six-seater Can-Am with a quack rack on it and a gunner, big, nice gunner kennels trailer, got a brand new, you know, wrap on it. Big-ass, beautiful GMC Denali truck. Me and Joey show up. Piece of shit trucks. I'm pulling a 1979 lawn just filled to the brim with decoys. They're just everywhere. They're not organized at all. Uh, Joey comes to the place. Joey's got like a rusted out Shitty aluminum, shitty trailer behind him. No, I look Not like aluminum. I live. I look like I live in the crawl space. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. We pull up and we're like, "Yeah, you guys ready to shoot some birds?" I mean, these guys must have been like, "These guys." Oh yeah. Oh my god. But yeah, I'm uh, sure they thought we were complete rednecks. Totally, dude. You're pulling a 55 year old boat, and I'm pulling the most rusted out trailer you've ever seen in 100%. your life. But here's the thing about the open trailer, though. You get to the field, it's too wet. You have a Can-Am or a four-wheeler, dude. It can pull that trailer. Yep. And then also, since it's open, you can put as much stuff and as many people on that thing and bring everything out there all at once. I'm telling you, You man. don't have to worry about it, you know, not fitting in the enclosed trailer or people getting bounced around inside. You ever been inside of an enclosed trailer being pulled into the field, dude? <laughs> it's nightmare. bad. And then people are shitting themselves and whatever. It's like, oh, <laughs> It's awful. I've never experienced or when you're that. Done, or when you're done with the hunt and there's a bunch of dead birds that have been sitting in the sun all day and you're leaving the field and you're in the trailer, dude, get me out. Yeah. Get me out. No, dude. I Open trailer. I'm telling you, man. Open trailer. Cheap option. Great way to pull stuff into the field. Just saying. Now, might your shit get stolen at night at the hotel? Yes. Yes. 100%. If you are going on a trip and you're taking it somewhere where it's open... Might not be the best answer. But if you're going to like a private place or a a private residence of somebody's or a buddy's house or whatever, dude. And especially for around home, like if you just need to haul decoys into a field, bro, buy a $200 trailer, build walls. It'll cost you $100. You're into it for $300 and you're pulling $200 bodies into a field. Whatever. Pulling God knows what. Yeah. Open air for when you pull people out. They can vomit out the (laughs) the, over the wall. Carter, it's good for you. Yep. It's good for you. Uh, number three, we posted a video about it, but dude, I've just been obsessed with that winch idea that they use at RA Legacy to hang decoys. Oh yeah. Dude, that's so cool, right? Cool. Like they've come up with, and you can see the video on our Instagram, I believe, uh, but they've come up with a winch system. It's just a winch on a wall. You know, they press the button, they hook up the decoys to a cable, runs all the way up into the ceiling. Decoys are hanging from the ceiling. It's sweet. So those are just three easy ways, cool, quick tips on how to store some decoys or get decoys into a field. That's my tip. It's a really good tip, Cal. Thanks, man. It's shit, but it's a good tip. Yeah. I appreciate that. You know, for all of you that don't understand common sense, there you go. But You'd be shocked. <laughs> yeah, you'd be shocked. <laughs> so. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, Carter, you have a tip? Uh, yeah. <clears throat> Let me find it here. Give me a second. Um, my tip, it's kind of self-explanatory, but I know something Joey doesn't do ever. Uh, charge your batteries when you get home, whether it's your spinners or cameras yep. or anything. Just charge them so you can use them. You paid for them. Joey, how about you uh, charge them so you can use Damn. them? What That's are you referring to, Carter? so accurate, Just Carter. everything. I, yeah. Are you talking from personal experience? I believe we went out to... Uh, uh, that lake, and uh, you didn't have any spinners with, and they were dead. That's okay. Well, so he is talking from experience. Yeah. So he is <laughs> from, a, and and it's a, it's not even a vast experience; it's a limited experience. If I started talking about my experiences with you with batteries, that wouldn't be good, <laughs> dude. I had to replace the battery on your boat. Oh, it's bad again. Trash. Oh, trash, trash. Damn. Well, just charged it. Went out to the lake. Died. Damn. I'm like, this is, so I'm you, done with it. You got a new one? Yeah. And it ran good? Instant. Good. I love that. <laughs> Sucks, so just charge good. your batteries? Yeah. It, yeah. It's easy. That's a great tip, though, Carter. Also, I have another tip to piggyback off that really quick. Really easy tip with camera batteries. Have you guys seen those handheld, like, USB-powered heaters? No. Yeah, so they make, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I haven't either. Um, no, they make, it's like a little... It's a little thing. It looks like one of those portable chargers that you could use for your phone in the field, but they make them that they actually produce heat. I think I've shown you mine. Yeah. 
Yeah, so you can get them that produce heat, right? And you can turn it down to the three setting. I bring with like either a little, um, like a six can cooler or something that's going to actually insulate a little bit. And I put all of my camera batteries and stuff in that bag. And then you can turn the USB heater on when it's really cold in the winter. Joey has this problem a lot. Batteries dying in the winter. Okay. So you can keep your batteries warm that way. Just a quick tip. Sweet. You know, when I still vaped, um, it was a nightmare that my jewel would just die. Yes. It was a nightmare. And I hated it. So yeah. then the disposables were a thing because they're not rechargeable. They hold their battery life for some reason. You need rechargeable GoPro batteries. Well, Dude, they, you they need... Are. <laughs> they are. All <laughs> I'm saying, non-rechargeable. Okay. It's 2023. Yeah. Single use. You know, it's 15 degrees outside. You're telling me that battery can't keep a charge longer than 10 minutes? Figure your shit out. That's another thing where it's like, well, we're just going to make it just good enough. <laughs> and then you, you have to that, buy more. Yeah, I just... Like, how do they... They make a battery out of lithium. So if lithium doesn't work in the cold, you're kind of just screwed. All I'm saying is put a put a damn whatever. I'm sure they can. <laughs> I don't know how. It a might battery be over works. your britches on how how technology works yeah, with no, batteries. I'm, I'm done. No, but they could insulate them. They could. Have yeah, a, but if it's still cold out, I don't know what insulation does for the battery. Well, just when it's running, it stays warm. You know. The battery's at 100% when you put it in, and then 15 minutes later, it's at zero. But then with the people that use it in a warm environment, it'll overheat. No, it'll just contain it. Yeah, overheating. Yeah, it'll overheat, wouldn't it? I don't think so. Oh. I don't know, hmm. but I don't think so. <laughs> Interesting. I hate technology. <laughs> yeah, I just got to be honest. We've gone down a, tang- a tangent of something Joey hopes for, but is not sure if it can be done. <clears throat> Make your shit better. How just about that? Yeah, Joey wants you to figure out a way to make a new battery that doesn't get affected. Make by make change. it so that your product that I use while duck hunting can be used while duck hunting. Yeah. Without me having to take extra measures to make it work. Yeah. How about that? How about how that? How about it? <laughs> Plain and simple. I dude, I trust me. I wish there was a battery that was not hey, affected by the um light. you're using this this spinning wing decoy fifteen years ago. When are you gonna use it? Yeah. I'm gonna use it in the water. Oh, okay. Yeah. Not waterproof. Right. That that <laughs> What do you mean? <laughs> Why isn't it waterproof? Oh well you're dumb. You just can't let it fall in the water. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. You know? Remember using Mojo's fifteen years ago? Good yeah, Lord. yeah, no. The second moisture touched that battery. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> yeah, dude. Done. No, I I actually saw a post or I can't I can't remember where I saw it, but somebody has I saw was putting uh, shrink wrap around their Mojo batteries, <laughs> <laughs> like Ziploc bags and stuff, you know, trying to keep it from getting wet. Right. But problem with that is, like you said, not insulated, so they overheat. <laughs> and then I, you know, if a Mojo battery's running for a while, I can't imagine the plastic still. Well, in there. well, here's my thing. Just you got liquid. a you got a Lucky Duck battery. It's negative thirty. That thing's running. That's not insulated. It's running just fine. It's about this big, and it runs all day. My camera battery. It's bullshit. (laughs) Yeah, figure it out. (laughs) Just, I'm pretty sure that like, aren't the Lucky Dog batteries affected by cold though? Like, if it's cold, not like that. Not like that, dude. No way. Yeah. You know what they also do is they make their shit waterproof. They also have a way bigger battery than like a GoPro. Yeah. You know the battery is like it's like this. Remember you tried to jump my boat off it? Yeah, I did. <laughs> Joey, Joey said we could jump my boat off a Lucky Duck battery. I tried. You know, I'm not just gonna sit there like a victim. All no, night. dude. Remember what you did? You were like, okay, dude. Yeah, hold it. You wanted me to oh, hold yeah. it on the battery. Yeah, that's right. And I was like, no, absolutely not. Have you seen not. the video of that guy who does that to start cars? No. He puts his uh, left and he puts his pinky finger and his thumb on the on the starter battery uh-huh. and then he touches the positive and the negative right. on the car battery and it starts the damn truck. Yeah. I saw a video the other day of a guy that dropped a mento in his mouth and then drank a bunch of diet Coke <laughs> and his, <laughs> his stomach swelled up to like the size of, you know, a hot air balloon. And I'll show you when we're done. It's, it's unbelievable. Is it graphic? It's hilarious. Let's just put How it that way. How did he not die? Yeah, I'll just say I seen him do that, Let's and I'm still not going to try it. <laughs> Let's just say I have some things to handle. <laughs> and uh, 
putting my finger on a battery to jumpstart electric current through my body, yeah, that's not on the list of things I'm willing to do to get a battery. <laughs> no, dude. So, I mean, I would do it if I'm desperate enough. Yeah, you didn't that night though. No, I yeah. wasn't that desperate because right. we had other people that could come and get us. Yeah. Um. Do you have a tip? Not really, but I would say. <laughs> let's just say. Let's just say. I don't really have a tip. No. That's I guess fine. I guess my tip this week is just talking about your hide and just try to make yourself blend in, man. You got to make yourself blend in. It gets so aggravating when you go out hunting with people and they literally don't know how to brush their blind or do a damn thing. Yeah. It drives me nuts. And it's and it's honestly a tip. Like when I found out that you can grass your blind to look like the field edge, my mind was blown and it completely changed the way that I hunt. You know, it's like people putting a giant a frame in the middle of the field and to make themselves look like a tree row. Sure. Or when we were down with Bobby, he covered his entire a frame in uh, like tree limbs, pine trees. Yeah. Pine tree branches. Yep. And it covered you up so well. Those birds are so dumb or it really works. Right. You think of your area and it's like, what can I look like? I don't want to look like two bumps of corn out in the middle of the field. Think about your hide. Yeah. So that's my tip. That's a good one. I like it. Um, You would. I have to. That's all you got. How much do you weigh? 115. Yeah, in your bra. <laughs> <laughs> Name that movie. I can't. You don't know that I movie? I can't think of it. Liar, liar. Yeah, there you go. Okay. <laughs> um. All right. Uh. <laughs> Let's do the worst, guys. Before we do, this podcast is also brought to you by Sound Gear. And I can't tell you what a difference it's made for me just being able to have something that's custom fit to my ear. I do like the instant fits. And if you use our code MWF125, you can get 125 bucks off a pair of instant fits, which makes them $275. Um, but make the investment, man. Like, get yourself a pair of hearing protection that's custom fit for your ear so it's not uncomfortable. Bluetooth rechargeable in the field go to soundgear.com they're based in minnesota owned by a huge hearing aid company they care about your hearing so check it out you won't be disappointed um worst carter do you have a worst you want to start us off with i do give me one moment here so my worst for this week would be uh hunting in the evening i just hate it it is the worst in minnesota because it will be you hunt, you scout, you know where they are. You hunt in the evening and they don't fly till five minutes after dark. And then you get nothing. Mm. I just hate hunting in the evening. I've had some awesome hunts in the evening. Yeah, I have too. I love But more than evening. not, evenings do suck. Yep. Yeah, I would say mornings are always better. Like for the most part, if you have a choice, you probably want to hunt the morning. But I've had some awesome evening hunts. I will say I feel like an evening hunt for some reason is like more chill. So they can be a little bit, they can be more relaxed, mm -hmm. right? Like an evening hunt, you've been up all day. It's not like you're getting up early in the morning for it. You probably have a little more energy. And I think a lot of the time too, you probably just don't have crazy expectations, you know? Yep. Like you're going into it and you're like, I don't know exactly if we're going to shoot anything or how it's going to play out, but you're okay with that. You've sort of made the decision that that's fine. <laughs> That's you know? why I hate evening hunts. Yeah, but it's also kind of fun, man. Like it's not like there's a ton of pressure. You just yeah, get Carter. To, yeah, you get to you get to get out, have a good time, hang out with your buddies. Maybe you don't shoot anything, but you know it's <laughs> over, dude. You're having dinner, whatever. No, you can keep that. You can keep that right, mentality. <laughs> I will. I'm good. That's fine. Um, what's your worst, Joey? You. <laughs> you are the worst. Why? With your rope hat. Looking ass. You don't like the rope hat? No, I do. I just wish I could wear it. Right. You know, but I can't. You do have those RW Coolidge rope hats that are way more low pro. Yeah. You can yeah, wear those. But even then, I still look a little goofy in them. I'm just a goofy guy, though. Well, there you go. <laughs> That's the problem. Um, so, is it actually me? No, it's not actually you. <laughs> you can. You I mean, cry, baby. It's fine. <laughs> go ahead, man. No, honestly, I would say my worst this week... Is probably the freaking weight, bro. I think it was Soundgear who posted one of our pictures where they're like, 
hate having to wait for oh, it to come yeah. back, but you know, it's worth the wait or something like that. And honestly, it, it's, I hate the wait, bro. But at the same time, I feel like I'd go insane if I could hunt ducks every weekend. I wouldn't have a single friend. You know, it's a nice break to have, but nine months, is it nine months worth of break? Is it worth that? Like, Well, we don't take nine months. I mean, we hunted until what, February this year? Uh, Sure. So you're really breaking like February, March, April, May, June, July. So it's a six month break. Yeah, but I mean, some years <clears throat> we don't hunt August. You know? Well, September, I'm saying. Whatever. You yeah, August. six, seven months. No, it sucks. Yeah. It is the worst. It is the worst, man. I'm I'm getting itchy. You know, everyone's done posting about stupid turkeys. And I'm seeing like a bunch <laughs> of waterfowl content coming back. And I'm like, oh, I'm getting itchy. And I'm starting to call people. Just be like, hey, what are you doing this year? Should we try to go here together? Blah, blah, blah. And they're like, yeah, dude, let's go. Like, oh, yeah. And then you get fired up talking about it. It's like, <sighs> yeah, mm-hmm. I'm getting fired up, dude. Mm-hmm. You got all these shows happening this summer that I can't go to any of them because of my reception bummed about that well, they're all on the same weekend so right kind of stop making them the same weekend yeah, space them good. out you know have a good. couple each month yep but i'm pretty stoked for game fair that's when it gets real you know it's like oh that is shit, true yeah dude. when game fair hits you're like all right it's time to hunt i'm hunting this week it's time to hunt, dude <laughs> yep i'm running to north dakota even yeah. though every year i say i'm not gonna do it right i'm gonna do it yep you know my wife might not like me but i'm gonna do it yeah it's an itch once you're at that first weekend at Game Fair, you can really feel it. And the, yeah, your the ears are, are flowing. Your ears are bleeding from all the game calls. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yep. You're ready to ready to shoot something. Yeah, you're ready to shoot something. Whether yep. it's a person or some birds, you know, you're ready to shoot something. Yeah. <laughs> the duck call is the worst. Oh, Oh no! And you the have goose that calling is brutal you have that, in the mulk gear booth. You just have that person who's just good enough at calling where they can sound good on a call, but they go to every single booth and blow every single call. Don't do it all day, every day. Yeah, you know. I mean, go ahead and try everything out try for sure, out. but don't do it in such a way where you're like trying to get it for free, trying to show off. Are you. I, oh. You've seen that, right? Well, I don't know about getting it for free, but I've seen guys come in and then blow a goose call for like 10 minutes. And 10 minutes, like, bro. Dude, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be a dick. You know how it sounds now. Yeah. And we all know how it sounds. <laughs> so, you know, you have to try it. You have to like it, I guess. So, that, and also, another worst. Another worst. <laughs> yeah, when that, you're actually, at, when you're at a, that actually, you just created a new worst, actually. <laughs> when you're at a freaking show and a kid yeah. blows a call for 10 minutes, fucking straight. It's yeah. Like, got it. You know how it sounds, dude. So do I. You're good. Now, it's okay now. Give me your money or leave. Damn. Thank you. Brutal. Well, what are we doing here? <laughs> hey, man. Nice job. Yeah, you sound really good. Okay. <laughs> you know, Damn. you got what you needed. Okay. Shit. Goodbye. Wow. You know what I mean? I don't feel as strongly as you, but I, I get it. Like, I get what you're saying. But, like, damn, you want to hurt these kids. Huh? No, no. Not not trying to hurt them. Yep. You know, but they want me to do that to them. They want it's you just to like, hear them goose call for time. I'm, I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. Um, all right. My worst. <laughs> no, my worst is. So, you know what sucks is when you go out and you go out hunting and it's perfect conditions. Okay. It's like beautiful. It's nice weather. It's a beautiful day. Mm. Unbelievably beautiful. You're out there having a great time. Awesome day. Sun's shining. Perfect. And then, you know, mid-morning, maybe halfway through your hunt, some weather rolls in. It's unassuming. You're like, it's been beautiful out. Maybe we're getting a cloud or two. And then come to find out, no, you're not getting a cloud or two. You're getting a storm. Or you're getting something that's terrible, like 35 or 40 mile an hour winds. And the weatherman never predicts it. And the weatherman never predicts it. Mm. It's going to be a beautiful sunny day out, no problem. And then, next thing you know, (laughs) you're deciding if you're going to stay out and hunt because maybe the hunting is going to turn on good. Now with a little bit of weather, birds are going to eat really quick, you know, Mm. before it gets bad. Mm. Or are you risking your safety or your decoys (laughs) or your gear? Or your dog, or whatever it is, and is that worth it to stay out in this weather? Yes. And that's the question, <laughs> right? So that's just the worst. 
The worst mm-hmm. is when you're having a beautiful, nice day. It's really nice conditions out, and then you're forced to make a decision about leaving that hunt. Sure. Which reminded me of your guys' hunt where you went out yeah, and right. the hunt that we had, laughs and limits. Yeah. That's, that was crazy. That it was, was like 65 degrees and perfect, and then the next thing you know, it was like 42 degrees and 40-mile-an-hour winds. It was bad. Really on bad. A, on a big lake. We <laughs> had to pull lake. over the boat yeah. and start scooping out water out of the back. With awesome. a cereal bowl. <laughs> yes. We no, tried for to, real. We couldn't get it up on land far enough to pull the plug. Yeah. Like, there was so, so much water. Dude, there was literally 8 to 10 inches of standing water in that boat. <laughs> oh, we were way more. We than, were, like, way maybe more than more. that, bro. Yeah, maybe more. It was, like, dude. a foot and a half. Yeah. Because it, it, it damaged all the electrical. Yeah, it was over the top of the battery in the back. Awesome. And we were, like, just <laughs> trying That's good. to die. That's a good thing. It was literally one inch from the gunnels. I mean, we were going so slow. <laughs> You know, it felt like we were going fast. Oh, it felt like it. Yeah, the wind was blowing our face so hard. It felt like we were in an F1 car. Right. Unreal. And the water, every single wave we would hit and chop into, just gallons of water coming over the back. It was crazy. And the best part about that entire story is Cal was wearing this jacket that's 100% waterproof. Took it off so Connor could wrap it around his waterproof backpack. Yep. You know, because he had all of his camera equipment in there. So he needed two layers of waterproofness. Yeah. Of course. And so Cal at this point was what? I was how, like, how big do you think you like were? Probably three oh five. Three oh five. Unreal. I was so, a bigger dude. so Cal was three oh five. Yeah. And he was wearing neoprene not waders. stout neoprene was, waders. Yeah, non stout neoprene waders. Non stout neoprene waders. Let's just and say you could watch let's just say they could, were pretty tight. You could watch <laughs> every single wave hit him in the back. We needed him at the very front of the boat. Yeah. So we could have all this weight. Otherwise we'd just take in water over the back. And uh, you see these huge waves. It felt like we were in whatever movie that no, is on the ocean. No, they were three-foot rollers. It, it felt like we were on um, uh, cr- the Crabber show, where every yeah, single yeah. wave just goes completely over this giant yes. deck. <laughs> and Cal's just taking the brunt of every wave. He's just like... <laughs> and we get back to the launch, and it's, like, gorgeous out, you know? It's still a beautiful day. It's just so windy. Yep. Cal takes off his waders barely, and... You could just see wet from like his head to right about where the waders got real snug, <laughs> no water, and then one line all going all the way down his ass crack. Yeah, it was unreal. <laughs> Cal's was got unreal. some back muscles. <laughs> and so yeah. he had two mountains on his back and he was able to go down in one spot and give him swamp ass. Yeah, bad <laughs> swamp ass. Oh my god. We lived though, dude. Um my dad disowned me. Weren't able to use his boat ever again, but it was fun. It was crazy. It was a crazy story. Guys, our last sponsor for today is Onyx Hunt. Go to Onyx, download the app, get the elite membership. If you hunt out of state, it will change your life and how you hunt. It makes it so much easier for you to get permission. And let me tell you, if you're going to scout or hunt out of state, you can use its crop layers to know what areas have the most corn, beans, hay, alfalfa, anything you're trying to hunt so that you are more successful and you don't burn as much gas. That is by far my favorite thing. Find the water, find the food, you're going to kill birds. Go check out Onyx. Our membership, our uh, yep. Our discount code mm-hmm. is MWF30. Nope. 20. <laughs> Why do you do that every time? I don't know. You've done that every week. Every week. Our discount code is MWF20 for it's 20% off your membership, elite or state, and there's a banner on your screen telling you how to use it. Sorry about that, guys. If you're watching the podcast on YouTube. You should watch the podcast on YouTube because it's fire. And don't use MWF30 because it doesn't do shit. MWF20. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. No, it's okay. All right. Tell me about this hunt you guys had. All right. Carter, you want me to start it off and you just interject whenever? Yeah. Okay. So Isaac Hills heard about our tragic story and he goes, well, you won't even have any decoys to hunt tomorrow. I go, right. He goes, well, I'll take you True. to my private little slough. There's a lot of mallards on it. You want to do it, Joe? It's going to be just like the year before. I'm like, say less. And then he stopped texting me for like five hours. Forever. Five hours. I'm like, hey, what time do you want to meet? Crickets. He died. I'm like, oh, he's dead. <laughs> Fell in a ditch somewhere. you know. And let me tell you, it is freezing this day. It was like a 50 degree difference between the two days, right? Yep. It was frigid. Yeah. It, there was ice all over our decoys and everything. And yeah. It was the freezing. The day before, it was fine. Oh. oh. No, it was raining. The day it was you guys like, were going to go out with Isaac, it was freezing. Right. Yeah. So, okay. like, the first day we go out, you know, it's like 50, mm-hmm. rainy. Weather turned to shit. Weather turned to shit. Just got a little bit colder. It probably went down to, like, 30. 
And then we killed them all in that back channel, and we're like, cool, what are we going to do tomorrow? And Isaac's like, come hunt with me. I'm like, cool. He goes, they're all tucked up behind this little bank. He goes, there's a couple thousand there or something. Or he said there's like 500. He said there's 500 ducks there. Dude, there's so much more yeah. than 500. Yeah. And they all popped off where we were going to hunt. And exactly where we hunted it the year before, I'm just like, this is so sick. I mean, how many do you think that was, Carter? A lot. I don't know a number. I mean, at least a grand. And we were seeing a bunch migrating that day, too. Yeah. There was a lot of birds there. Yep. I was a day off on the migration calendar. Because yeah. that was a Friday, right? <gasps> yeah. You and I hunted that first day on a Thursday. No, your Friday hunt was your crappy hunt. And then Saturday, because I had a wedding. Remember, mm. and you were on the phone with me on Friday night, and you're like, "Yeah, you, you need, need to come, come up to here. this what screw like, that wedding." You're like, "No," and I couldn't. But <laughs> so it was a Saturday. So it was a Saturday, and uh, we shot a three man limit of all green, right? Or did we shoot one hen? I think all green, and then some geese. Yeah, dude, we shot and- a flock of five Richardsons, like the tiny little baby. Yep. Geese. Yep. So sick. We called them in for like how long? So long. They were fighting the wind, coming in slowly. It was awesome. Are they yeah. actually called Richies? Like, are they Richardson? Richardsons, yeah. Okay. No, Lil Richie. It's not just like a little the name Richie. we came up with. For no, them, or someone no. came up with for them. No, okay. they're Richardsons. They're like they're not cackling geese, but yeah. they're like the size of a mallard. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, they're super teeny. Yeah, and uh, I kept wanting to kill them. Like five times, I'm like, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Like, they're going to peel out of here because we had a couple other flocks of big geese do that because they were just sick of fighting the wind. And Isaac's like, no, no, you got to keep going. You got to keep going. I'm like, dude, they are 15 feet in front of us. Let's kill them. And then finally, we shot into them, knocked five out of them with six shots. You know, Carter was just filming at that point. It was just like, <laughs> so sick. Oh, it was so sick. That, that day, it was also. Snowing and windy, like 30 mile per hour, 20 mile per hour. And we were completely sheltered from the wind. Yep. Yeah. And so we were the only spot on that entire slew that it didn't have wind. So birds were just. That's what I was going to ask. How bad was the wind? So they were fighting it to get to you guys, though. Oh, yeah. If we shot a bird, my dog had to go get that thing immediately. Or Isaac had to get in the boat. Yeah. It was that bad. Constantly. He had to get in the boat. I'm like, oh, I feel so bad. Yeah. That sucks. You know, when Riley, because Riley's old. So she'll like see it and she'll say, hmm, "Fuck this," and come <laughs> and come back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She ain't dumb. No, she knows what she's doing. She ain't dumb. But Carter got some really sick pictures of her that day. Yeah, and um, and you yeah, know, we shot a bunch of birds. Yeah, no, we shot a bunch of birds. Well, we shot what 12? 12 mallards. Yeah, yeah. Did, did yeah. Carter shoot too or no? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, he shot his limit. Nice. And I was like, I can film it. And he's like, "Hmm, don't touch my shit. I'm like, okay. Sounds good. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds good. Yeah. But it felt so good to be picky on mallards. And I mean, that's, I was giggling like a some bitch that day. Just giggling. Because we passed up on God knows how many birds. And after the day we had before, it felt awesome. Oh, yeah. It was very justified. Carter's like, I got those perfectly in focus. I'm like, good. Because they were fucking crawling into the spread. It's like, oh, yeah, that's sick. We posted a couple of reels yeah, from that day, yeah. I'm pretty sure. I've seen mm-hmm. some pretty cool footage. But yeah, no, that was, that's the second year of me doing that exact hunt, exact conditions. And it's just a banger Sweet. every time. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> just I'm, super cold. They're migrating hard. I'm coming this year. This one shelter. No, you're not. But yeah, I am. I melted my waiter boot that day too. <laughs> <laughs> on a, on a heater. Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys use an A-frame? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was so shoreline. It was so hard though, dude, to set that thing up because the brush was so thick and there's so many little trees. It's like, mm-hmm. damn. And the last year we did it too, same thing, just a pain in the ass. Yeah. But the year before we put it right on the water's edge, so we didn't get a lot of birds in close enough. In order to do it, that was with Bodkin. And so, because we were lazy then, it was way colder then. But this day, I'm like, we have to do it like this this year, and it worked out great. They had yeah. no idea we were there. Nope, none. It was epic. It sounds so sick. <laughs> Dude, it was just like, and Isaac is like a, a less is more type of guy when it comes to calling too. For sure. And so for two years in a row to prove him wrong, like, hey, hey, I'll handle this. Because he can't call super loud. And so it's just like, hey, hey, stop, stop. You're going to scare him out of here. And it's like, no, dude, every time I bark at him, they get closer and closer and closer. 
And that was a perfect representative, right? Yep. It was perfect. Perfect. We're just like, they're kind of thinking about it, and then they start to slide off. It's like, meh, meh, and they just. What did Isaac say? They just turn right into him. Well, I wasn't, I, I wasn't, a, well, I told you so. I guess that's working. Mm-hmm. Whoa. <laughs> I love it. Um, all right. Carter, can we get some outro music? Yeah. Great pod, guys. Yeah, I love it. Um, again, you can watch all these episodes now on yeah. YouTube. So go check them out. Midwest Flyways Podcast. That's the new channel. Yeah. That's uh, where all of our podcasts are going. That's so you don't have to watch them on Apple or Spotify. Right. You or can, you can't watch you, them there. You can listen to them still. You there, can though. still listen. Yeah, that's where yeah, you, you can listen still to listen to them. You want to watch them, you got to go to YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. But we're putting some money into the studio, guys. Yeah. You know, we're having a producer now. Yeah, we care. We care. We're, so we want you to care. Yeah. You go to YouTube and watch the shit. And care by leaving us a review on Apple or Spotify. Would oh, really yeah. appreciate that as thousand. well. Um, we need a thousand. We need a thousand. We'll do a giveaway. A thousand. Check out our other channels, guys. We'll see you soon. Hard thousand. Hey, one more thing. 